location. Undisclosed. Access. Ready. Team Buck Headquarters. The safe haven. Where a radio signal transmits from the middle of nowhere. To the squad of patriots. This is the Freedom Hunt with Buck Sexton. All right, everybody. It is Freedom Hunt time because I am in the Freedom Hunt. Um, and, and I have a very, a very exciting guest this week. Uh, somebody that you should all become acquainted with if you are not already. The, the one, the only, the Benny Johnson. Benny is a daily caller, man about town, all-around all uh, player. You know, he, he, knows, he knows the scene here in D.C. He's a video editing whiz. He is great on television. Uh, he's got a really uh, sweet wife who is a nurse. So he basically has it all made in life. He joins me now in the hut. Mr. Benny Johnson, good to see you. Uh, my wife's a nurse, not a doctor. All right, I said so nurse, not, right? I know. Yeah. I'm just not Ben Shapiro level yet. Oh, so, I, see, I see what you did. Go there. back to school. Yeah, my wife's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I got to tell you, man, it's it's fun to have you here because you know for folks who listen to this show, and right now, I mean, the man running our board is John, who was my very first ever, um, and I've had many board ops since John. Now it sounds like I'm you know running around being uh, very uh, you know. I'm I'm letting anybody run my board, but you know <laughs> I, I'm, I've had many board ops since John, but uh, John was my original board op. You were one of the like the the earliest people in, in my media career that I worked with. Benny and I worked together at the Blaze. You remember those remember those days, dude? That was that was wild, glorious. When the when the Blaze was rec- was recruiting me, they brought me in to f- watch you and Essie Cup on that show. That was filmed. In real Manhattan. news. That show. Real news. Real news. Yes. Real news. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's that been, show. It's been a while. You. You. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And I watched. I watched Buck under the the, the gleaming lights, and I said, "Wow, how can a man sweat that much?" That's rough, dude. That what he's doing right there is that's un- I'm under the bus, and I'm looking up from the bus, and he does this in my own home. He comes into the hut, no less, <laughs> folks, and starts making sweatshirts. I'm gonna tell you a true story now. I'm gonna lean into this one. So I did judge. Have you ever done Judge Janine's show? No. She's a I mean, she's a force of nature, by the way. Like I don't. I mean, she could be she could be thirty five or three hundred. Like she could, you know, she is she defies any age categorization. You have no idea, you know. If if you, if you told me that she was working on her grad degree and just got, I'd be like, you know what, you know, hey. Uh, and also, if you you know, anyway, Judge Janine is incredible, a dynamo. I was doing her show. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the women on TV occasionally, they, they don't wear a lot of clothing necessarily, right? They tend to wear dresses and so they don't have multiple layers on. She likes a warm set. One little, little important side note for you. She likes a warm set and the lights on that set, when you add in the room temperature, you know, as a guy, if you're wearing a suit, long story short, we, they sat me there and they had to go to something that was breaking and I had to sit there baking under the lights and then I had that moment of panic because they're like, okay, Buck, like 60 seconds out. And I'm like, oh, I just realized I look like a sweaty mess. <laughs> I look like I look like um, I'm up there on the cross-examination, you know, getting cross-examination on the stand. And they've got video of me and my wife's about to see it. You know, like I'm a complete disaster. And I start doing this thing where I am taking 
flop sweat off my forehead, just like, <laughs> and and flinging it across the room. Because Judge Judy's got like two, she's got like two, three million people watching the show. It's a Saturday night. I'm throwing flops sweat across the room, and I'm talking to her, and she could see, and there's nothing we could do about it because like it starts streaming down my face. And then I look, and whenever you can see the return, folks, which is the camera you can see yourself on when you're on TV, whenever it went to not my face. I was just like, oh, gosh. I was like rubbing everything down and then I had to come back to the interview and talk. This is live TV. Nothing you can do about it. That was a humbling experience, Benny. See? Do you have any advice for us sweaty men out there? Because you're in a lot. You're, you're doing a lot of shows. You're doing a lot of interviews. You're doing so much media. This must not be the only time this has happened. Oh, I've learned How I've do learned you things. cool down? I've learned How do things. you chill? So, so I will say, first of all, um, summer weight suits are indoors and year-round are a smart thing. Like, I, I generally go with a summer weight suit. Just because you don't want to be wearing heavy wool with lights and temperatures you don't understand, because you're you know you're donezo once that goes against you. See, folks, these are the these are the trials and tribulations of being a whatever. What are, what are we, by the way? Do you say I always say pundit? What are what are you? I'm a pundit. I'm right. I'm not a journalist. Are you a journalist? C list fill ins. Well, okay. So here, so <laughs> here, so yeah, when when Ali Beth Stuckey can't make her hit, uh, they call us. Uh, so they so. The term reporter uh, to a lot of people means, and it, it, this is what it should mean, like, re, like computer. Like, here's information, I spit out information. Journalists, the epistemology of that is journaling. So you journal. Jack Kerouac on the road again, he's a journalist, right? He's writing down things. Hunter S. Thompson's a journalist, right? And Hunter S. Thompson covered uh, four or five presidential races yeah. as a journalist. No one thought that he, he's an ardent leftist communist, even. And no one thought that he was doing it, uh, you know, with 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 pure intent. He had a political bias. Well, see, I see. But I like I like the term journalist because it means you're journal. You're telling a good story. Well, see, I'm with you. And I enjoy that. I feel a little bit like the way I do about liberal with this, where I, I'm actually a liberal because my political focus is on is on liberty. So this, but but if you tell people, well, I'm a classic liberal. They're just like, what are you like? <laughs> you know, what what is that? Like, what are you even saying? You is know, that your Dave Rubin impression. And, uh, uh, no, that wasn't Dave Rubin. I have uh, different voices for Dave Rubin. <laughs> That's not Dave Rubin. He's actually, you know, what's funny <laughs> is that is that I I've become I, I'm like this great eye for talent. Whereas like I've had people on my radio show and in and like years before anybody knew who they were. And I I'm telling you, I always remember like who comes back. And I there are some people that I, like Dave Rubin I had on at least two years ago before he before he hit it big. Haven't heard from Dave since then. No, but uh, no, no. He's, but I hear he's a very nice guy. I, I don't. I actually don't know him at all in in the biz. Um, but there there are some others that uh, you know. I, I was a an early adopter, and they you know who actually I had on the show, and I'm actually ashamed to say this now, but but I can't I cannot tell a lie. Very early on, when he was at Breitbart, I had Milo on. No, when no, I had Milo on when he was no. like he's like I'm a tech editor, and I just love to have a potty mouth. Like he was so. Like he was this weird, random amalgamation of all these different th- like ideologies and things. And then I just later found out that he's like a self self obsessed performance artist. But early on, because he had written some interesting stuff at Breitbart, and I wanted to know about like there's these whole things. I'm I'm you know we're in the conservative culture, and I find out about things. I'm like, wait, am I? I'm supposed to know about that, right? Like Gamergate was a thing that yes. I actually originally. Yes. That was how Milo crossed into my universe was yes. Gamergate, and pe- people. This is like last week. I'm the conservative on this show that Benny did, by the way, did a very good job on Rising. Wow. And, and he gives me a hard time because we actually had him. He was an emergency fill-in that day, but he was booked for like the following week. It's not, you know, <laughs> he gives us a little go on the JV, right? It's not true. 
but but Benny, uh, no, no, I totally, I totally lost my train of thought. Well, this you're thing talking about, uh, you're talking about the Gamergate. Oh, Gamergate, Milo. Milo. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, yep. yeah, yeah. Last week we're all sitting around in a, in, in a meeting here at, at the Hill, and they go, they go, they're like, hey Buck, and this is the whole show staff. There's like 20 people on the staff, right, all in like camera. They're like, hey Buck, like, what is this Q anon? And I'm like. <laughs> You mean Kanon? Because like I knew, I knew absolutely nothing about this. And there's a part of me that feels like, like it's it's really hard to keep up with what are at least considered, ten, you know, somewhat right wing conspiracies. So, uh, but Milo explained what what Gamergate was to me a long time ago, and and you know what he he cho- we had him on a couple of times, and then he totally dropped off the radar, which was a good thing, <laughs> which was well, good for all involved. Yeah. I mean, yes, you I, Milo is a very interesting uh, human being. Do you know him pretty Phoenix, well? I know him well enough. Phoenix flies really close to the sun, right? There's an old Greek tale, and I think the sun gets really hot. I, I think you're thinking of Icarus. Icarus, sorry. Yeah. Phoenix rises, Phoenix rises, rises from the ashes. From the Icarus ashes. goes close to the yes, sun. too close to the sun. So, you know, Yiannopoulos is Greek, so he should definitely know these tales. That's a good point and a, and a perfect transition. So you know, on your point about the media, I- I'm on a I'm on a one man jihad. Which, by the way, I like to use that term now because people get kind of on edge. I'm like, why? It just means struggle. Are you allowed? It just means struggle. Well, if I can't use crusade because that's mean, why can't I use jihad? It just means struggle. It doesn't mean war. So I'm on a one man struggle, a jihad, if you will, for uh, for folks to understand that this that, that my beef is not that people have opinion, and I hate this this childish fake explanation you get from I pick on particularly CNN catches my eye on this but really the New York Times the Washington Post are right there just CNN's the worst televised version of this but it's not that people can't have opinions or don't have opinions we're not we're not crazy it's that this pretense that they're entirely neutral they are neutral and others are not yes. is a lie yes it is a lie and 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 I don't care who it is I mean you you go through the the network lineup at MSNBC right and uh Hayes, Maddow, uh, O'Donnell, I don't know who else is, you know, those are the ones that come to mind. You go in the... Oh, you, Buck, the the huge Republican... No, but, the, but the Republican, Nicole Wallace. Yeah, yeah, huge I know, Repu- I know. The Republican. Isn't it amazing? Oh, yes. So, so but before, <laughs> before we get to the turncoats, which I want to I have a whole discussion with you about turncoats in the GOP, because oh. that's fun. But, you know, I'm talking to you right now, and, but just so you guys know... He's in the Freedom Hut. He's so excited to be here. He has been texting no, all of the women Dave, in Dave Johnson's Rubin. life. I texted Dave Rubin. He's, he's We're going to get texting. Dave Rubin to call in. He, oh, and he's, okay. He's going to jump on the show. There we go. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah seriously. Tell Dave Rubin. He, we're, I'm in LA next week, and he, uh, I'm not even seeing him Fine. for drinks because he's supposed to. This is what I'm doing. I there thought we it'd go. be fun. Now, it's, Benny gets in the Freedom Hut. He gets me all hissy because it's like old times all over again. I, it's like we're just building our careers. You were now we're like Dave. now we're like mid-level, third-tier players. It's true. It's so. You, uh, we're like so in conservative media. I'm like the Tony like, Kukoc of the Bulls. Like I, there's Jordan. There's even Pippen. But uh, I'm like Tony Kukoc. I was gonna and say, that's okay. Man, I'm, that's I'm, right. I'm still on the Bulls. Team. I'm not John Stockton. I'm the guy who vaguely looks like John Stockton, who also shoots three pointers, but like not as well as John Stockton. And there were a bunch of them back in the eighties. <laughs> if you were to look, right. actually, Steve Kerr was one of them. If you're gonna be honest, anyway. This is so Tony Kukoc texting Scottie Pippen. Yeah, All right. I, I was gonna All go. Doing, uh, I thought it'd be fun. I was gonna raise your your tony kukoc and go kiki vandaway who who i will say people were like oh he just dunked and i would be like i think he's 610 guys i know i know he's a i know he's a slow moving white guy but he is like six foot ten i think he can dunk 
Uh, Kiki Van. Do you remember? Do you Standing. know what I'm talking about? Standing. Kiki Vandewey. Yeah, he's yeah. tall. Yeah, he's a large guy. Yeah. He played center. So uh, it was a good thing that he was able to, to dunk. Well, correct. But right. it's not really hard for people that tall. Yeah. So, so the, the neutral press we agree on, I, but I was just going to say about this. And yeah, tell, give Ruben Arash a, a you-know-what, because I'm, I'm tell him trying... I'm out in L.A. next week, and he needs to have me on that little thing where it's like we're having a therapy session, but he tapes it. It does tell look him, like a, it does Tell look him like a, that Buck is here with me. Right, I want you to text. Buck is here with me right now, and he says he wants to do a therapy session with Ruben that is televised out in L.A. soon. And hopefully he'll know what we're talking about. I have a feeling, I have a feeling uh, you know, he'll know what we're discussing. So, so the neutral press is a lie, but I just think it's so funny because you look at the lineup at Fox, MSNBC, and CNN, and the only outlier here is that at CNN, which has uh, uh, Tapper, Cooper, um, uh, who, you know, whatever, Burnett, uh, Don Lemon, Lemon uh, Cuomo was the one that I couldn't think of mm-hmm. as they moved him. Um, they, they say that those are all neutral journalists too, Benny. Their claim is that their primetime lineup, those are neutral journalists. And that's laughable. And it's stupid for all involved. They yes. should just be like, they should be like, yeah, like we, we take a Democrat point of view, but we provide you with the facts and we're honest about it. And that's where we are. Yes. I don't think anyone, does anyone say Maddow is neutral? No. That'd be crazy, right? I mean, give me a break. Although she does do the thing where she's like, I have in my hands the most incredible information. Stephen Colbert, I give him credit for at least finally making fun of a liberal in a way that was funny. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. So it's, it's. It's very interesting because you end up respecting the people on MSNBC because at least they lean into their bias. I mean, they quite literally have a slogan. It's like, we lean into being a leftward, a leftward organization. And they admit it. And Fox, Fox has an opinion lineup, one of which is the principal in my company, Tucker Carlson. And then they have a straight news lineup. And t- weigh them for what you will, but at least they're honest when you're listening to Laura Ingram and you're listening to Sean and you're listening yeah, of to Tucker you know where they're coming from. There's a fundamental all... honesty in that. I mean, There's anybody no who doesn't think Anderson Cooper, Jake Tapper, and Don Lemon are liberals is right. not paying attention and being dishonest with themselves. And I, what bothers me is that their, their supposed like unique selling proposition in the marketplace is that they're the gold standard and they're neutral, and that's laughable. So... I don't know. Have any have any of them ever creeped into your DMs? By the way, and gotten uh, gotten up in your grill oh, piece? Oh my gosh, yes! Because we, I mean, we roast <laughs> them every. We roast them with such regularity. Oh man, I'm gonna get, I don't want to get them in trouble now. Flambe. Oh gosh, they and come. They, are, they come at you. Oh, come on, do man. they threaten to call your oh, bosses Jake too? Tapper oh my slides god, in my DMs with such. You'd think that we were dating, like, and we were like estranged. It is really special. Oh my he's, God. he's known for this, though. Oh, my and it, God. oh and, yeah. And bravo to Tapper. Oh. I mean, he really does. He takes this stuff seriously, and he jumps all over. When people say bias, when people rip the ratings, which are, I mean, definitely are lower than Nickelodeon, uh, and when people come at CNN, they have some bulldog defenders. However, it depends. I, I personally believe, and I think it's fair to call them biased. Now, why? Because bias is a selection of content. It's biased to choose which stories you cover and which stories you don't. Of course. Even if the stories are true. That's right. So 100% of what Tucker says is is correct. It's biased in so much as he's going to tell a narrative. That from a point of from view. From a point of view. Of course. And that's okay. That you, as long as they you admit that honest. bias. They should just be honest about it. What's insidious, uh, what you alluded to earlier, what's insidious is the bias that isn't accepted up front. Yeah. That isn't set up front. Because CNN is projecting a worldview and a narrative which is what do we all do? We all choose the stories to cover in order to best serve our audiences. But they're choosing that without saying implicitly yeah, they're the, a leftist the, organization. The underlying premise of Burnett, Tapper, 
and Cooper show. And with Tapper, it's particularly pernicious because his whole thing is like, I asked the tough questions of Obama. It's like, really? You think like this raises questions is a tough question. <laughs> That's not a tough question compared to now when they're like, Trump is a fascist. He's Hitler and he's trying to destroy America. <laughs> I think I think when you compare tough questions from CNN host to Obama and Obama era officials to now, you see a pretty funny. They're like, we covered this. That's my other favorite one. We covered this. I'm like, yeah, you covered it. Like, well, here's the thing that happened. Moving right along. Yeah, I mean, moving yeah. right along. Yes. Uh, this is the lead with Jake Tapper. I'm here. I oh question the next Gandhi, Barack Obama. Is he? We'll get to that later. Donald Trump, racist Hitler. Think yeah. about it. It's- now to my panel. Seven people who worked for the Obama administration. Yep. But but he's not biased. And Kaylee McEnany. But he's not biased. Yes. No, 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 no. It's yeah. just he's just giving you straight Seven straight up straight down the middle we of just the did facts. A report, Buck, we just did a report about how many former Obama officials are working on the payroll of CNN. There are uh upwards of a dozen yeah, yeah, of course. former of uh, people who worked for Barack Obama who go on CNN airwaves and please let me let me check this that it's a dozen, uh, but it's it's a lot. People who go on CNN's airwaves without rejoinder, they go on as straight up journalists and they have been they were paid employees of the Obama administration, not just campaign. And they go on as Jim Scudo, uh, Axelrod. Um, I, I, you can pluck a, a ton of them up off the top of our head. Scudo is, by the way, they, they never talk about that. He was an Obama administration they official. They never for, talk about it. And they, they don't put like they don't put banners underneath them. They don't say former Obama official. That's right. Yeah. It's, they used it's, to interview me. They, they used to have me on when I was a paid employee there as a contributor. They used to have me on. They'd always go from Glenn Beck's The Blaze. I'm like, is that the official title? Do I am, Did I miss that? I thought it was just called The Blaze. First of all, I'm here to talk about CIA stuff instead of the clowns you have over here who are like, I'm an academic from a third-tier university. Like, I don't need to hear that stuff. But but second of all, it's like, for me, I, I would just rather you call it The Blaze than throw in, you know, do I call it Ted Turner's CNN every yes, time we come yes. on? From Ted Turner's <laughs> CNN. It was just, they would just like spit it out like they had, uh, they were they were choking on it all the time. Also, don't get dark. Darth Vader's voice, right, to call you the most trusted name in news. Uh, and is that right? That's a good point, actually. I never thought about that. Think about it. Right. Darth Vader, right? James Earl Jones. Yeah. This the, is yeah. I mean, no, you know what though, when you try to do when you try to do James Earl Jones, you always news. you always, you know, sound like somebody who's trying to sound old enough to order beer on the phone or who's something. Who's your best you know? CNN impression of as a host? Who can uh, you do the best you know impression what? of? Uh, well, I don't really have a good CNN host impression. I can do a I, I, I like my impression of Chris Cuomo's brother, the governor of New York. Because you have to just kind of be belligerent. You have to yell in a monotone like this. All of your speeches have a vaguely New York accent and you keep your voice up here. And then afterwards, I will take questions now and then I will take a potty break and they will bring me a sandwich. Hopefully not all the potty, but if they do, I will not turn them away because I am hungry. That is, see? <laughs> By the way, Benny likes it. I'm That's telling you. That's really good. <laughs> see? Very good. Yeah, thank That's you. Very, see, I've got, I've got the, 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 the guy's got some surprises here. Yeah. You know? Got some surprises for a former government nerd. Oh, wait, I, I didn't talk to you about the, 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 uh, the turncoats, though. Can I throw out another oh, premise to you that we'll have sure, some fun with it? Of course. So, ne- never Trumpism. Um, there, are the, there are the never Trump folks who, who I know who have actually been like, I'm moving out to a rural location to write books and like, wait this thing out. And, I, and you know what? Fine. Preppers. Total, never totally, Trump preppers. Totally, well, well, 
preppers. They're like they're, living in a school bus in Montana. Well, they're, like they're, but they're just like they're like I'm out. I want to yeah. come back and pretend that like the Berkeyan revolution is just you know is just a matter of time, and I I don't want to be I don't want to play in this game really. I, I have no problem with that, right? Like that's their choice. That's fine, and I, I even can respect that. What I can't respect are the people who are like I'm so principled I could never support Trump, and then they go on MSNBC, CNN, and they're just like yeah, vote for Democrats. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're so principled that you can never vote for Trump, but you're you don't see any problem with selling out, bashing your entire party, hurting everything that you've supposedly been fighting your professional career for, because whatever liberal platform will hire you and give you a paycheck is the one that you will now bend the knee to. They have no problem with that. There is no quicker way for a Republican to become cable news famous, get a book deal. And to potentially get a contract deal with cable news outlets, which, as you know, Buck, it can be worth tens to sometimes six figures to get a, a solid contract with one of the cables, uh, than to be a Republican who bashes Trump and dunks on Trump. Yeah, uh, easiest with, thing in the world. With, with regularity, just like pull, like pull the the string in in Woody, and somebody's poison the waterhole. As long as they can pull the string, and it's, they can say Republican bashes Trump, they will have you on the air. They yeah, will book you morning, noon, and night. You will get a book deal. I, I, I know of whom you speak with the whole like don't you know vote like vote for vote for Democrats that happened on your show that happened on Rising I know I saw the clip I know I just I, just, I was I wasn't in the interview but I just I, torched it on Twitter I I I'm, I'm sit here and I'm like well actually it's it's not I, I wasn't in my mind singling out anyone because there are a lot of people that do that now oh, yeah, yeah there are a lot of people I mean I, there are, I'm try uh, I don't know if Nicole Wallace has specifically. I mean, first she goes, she's like, I'm Nicole Wallace. She goes, I'm like, oh, 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 this is all so, oh, it's so. You know what the problem is with a lot of these people? It's like, it, all it is is you have this very incestuous circle of people in D.C. and New York who are part of the, what you could, what you could honestly call the elite news media. Mm-hmm. And what you find out is that there's a very small circle of decision makers and that the people who are making those decisions, if you are socially connected to them, you're an infinitely better stead than if you're somebody who's actually like come up through the ranks and done all the work. And right. so you see these people at different places. You're like, how did that person get the job? They must have some amazing n- false. They, they, maybe just they have a, a spouse who plays golf with, you know, the guy who makes the decisions at one of these places or whatever. Yes. That's the way it works here. That is the yes. way it works. That's why it's swampy as hell. It's swampy as hell. Yeah. And, and, and you and I both know that you, you go to the right cocktail party and you you chat with the right host's wife, and you're on their show the next week. Yeah, it's that it's really that simple. Uh, however, if you want to get if you are not among the Georgetown cocktail circuit, and you you don't live here, and you don't have the right party invitations, you're never getting. Well, on. you know what's funny Ever. though too is that now the way they shut down the Georgetown cocktail cliche is to say that it's. It's a cliche that's become too cliched, so you can't bring it up anymore. They're like, this is what this is what lazy conservatives talk about. I'm like, okay, that it may be overused, it may be beat, as the kids say, yeah. but it's absolutely true. Oh, <laughs> it's totally okay, so true. There was a huge three thousand word article that was published in one of the various uh, naval gazy publications in Washington D.C. about how the Georgetown cocktail circuit is being being dried up because no Trump administration official will go. No, they they can't get guests from the administration. Yeah. It's horrifying them yeah. because the administration doesn't play ball in that circuit. And why should they? Every time they go to one of those things, someone records them, and then it winds up at the front page of the New York Times. Let, so they don't go. Let's get real for a second here. Oh, yeah. You could do shots, and I mean like like copious shots, with any member of the administration this weekend. Who would it be? Who Not did? including Trump himself. Oh, yeah, because they're so— Of course, right, the number one. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah, it's Trump. But so—, yeah. so 
who would it be? Well, it depends on the kind of night I wanted to have. If I wanted to have a night where we just dunk incessantly on lib reporters and the stupidity of this entire Trump the, 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 Trump the, derangement, the Trump derangement yeah, syndrome, yeah. then it would have to be Sarah because Sarah actually drinks bourbon. Sarah drinks uh, uh, wine. She, uh, When you see her out at a function, she is happy to have a drink in her hand and uh, and makes bourbon pie. And so while that might be like an easy an easy decision because, you know, it's Sarah Sanders and she's just hysterical, uh, she is like a, 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 she's a good drinker. She has good taste in, in brown liquors, which are my favorite. And she has the best stories. I mean, she truly, she truly has the best stories and is a straight shooter. So I would say, I, I really like, I would, I would probably say Sarah. How about you? I mean, is Hope Hicks still in the running? Or <laughs> <laughs> is she no longer part? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. People are going to yell at me. They're like, Miss Molly's. I'm just, it's a joke. It was a joke. I swear. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think of who, I mean, I, 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 I'm very, well, I mean, for me, it would be Mattis. Just yeah, because yeah, I, I would want to talk to him about Iraq and, yeah. and you know, because he was he was uh, in Anbar on the same time that, you know, commanding Anbar on the same time I was, you know, running around trying not to get kidnapped and end up on a YouTube video. Uh, so, you know, in Iraq. Um, and uh, I would want to talk to him in all honesty. But I also, I would think it, I feel like if you got Steve Miller, um, which now makes it sound like I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, but, you know, the other Steve Miller, right? Yes. Uh if you got the Stephen Miller, he, a few yes. drinks going, I feel like he'd be kind of an interesting cat. He's fascinating. I yeah. mean, when you when he got up there and talked to and, and like just absolutely wrecked Acosta when he Acosta read that poem at the base of the Statue of Liberty, and Steve Miller just tied him into a pretzel. It was really amazing to see a man that you don't get to see talk very often. Did you, and did was, you? Like, it was beautiful. Way, I was like, not, wow, this guy's really not, not, well spoken. Not to return to this, but did you hear the off mic audio with Taffer and Miller? Where he's like, this is why they don't put you on TV, Stephen. <laughs> this is why they don't put you. He was like yelling at him after the segment <laughs> and like just being so, so condescending. <laughs> he is so condescending. He is so condescending. He's the most condescending. Oh, I know. It's, it's amazing. True. It's good times. Uh, it's Hogan good times. Gidley's really fun. You go Yeah, you can tell. He, dude, he... You you, you, you put a like cool. frayed baseball cap on that, uh, cap on that guy, yes. and all of a sudden, you know, he'd yes. be like, "Yeah, let's like put a Saturday. Let's take are, some. Let, let's bust out the ice luge. Saturdays you know? are for yeah. the boys' flag behind. I, him. I feel like he's ready to party. Totally, Hogan's ready to party. Uh, also, Zinky is fun to drink with. Zinky, Secretary Zinky. I've heard that secondhand. Is, I've been trying to get. Do you know him? I've been trying to get him on our show. Can you easy, can, you, can you make it happen? Of course. Yes, Every, and, guys, and everybody Ruben. likes everybody likes Benny. Is Dave Rubin? What what is he saying? By the way. Uh, not responded yet. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. Sorry, I'm my, sorry. my name's in there. That's what it is. He's say. he's ducking me. He won't let me do a therapy session. I just want to be like, so Ruben, and then in the third grade, you know, like I sit down. And he he puts it on YouTube, turns it into YouTube Golds, you know. <laughs> in third grade, the libs owned me. <laughs> Son, you have lib ownage syndrome. <laughs> Be amazing. How do I get? How do you get over this? Watch some, watch some movies with the Duke. Damn it. Um, uh, so yeah, listen this. to a nineteen-hour interview with me and Jordan Peterson. Yeah, there you go. Jordan Peterson, by the way, another guy who I've had on the I've had on the radio show numerous times, including before anybody. I had him on, and 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 I'm like, so like, you're like this obscure professor from Canada. God, Buck, radio voice, Canada, also known as Canada. Uh, that you know y- y- you you won't call people by the by the pronoun that they want. And he was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, hey, you know he has the whole like Canadian affected things and and then he's but once he's once he gets ahead of steam, you're like this is a very thoughtful dude. He's really but by the way, not a, not a jokester. You can't be like, hey Peterson, <laughs> you know 
what a, a, a Mountie, a Lib, and a, a Costa walk into a bar. Like you know, he doesn't want to hear it. He is no. I, that's one sense I got. I I had him in the in the studio in New York before a show, and I was I was kind of trying to loosen him up a little bit, and it's just he's just like no, no, there'll be no loosening. And I'm just like. <laughs> That's I'm a, like, all right. If you were to make a bumper sticker that he would, it, there'd be no loosening, would probably be <laughs> yeah. it for Jordan it, Peterson. Yeah, no, it makes. But it once makes he sense. gets on a roll, he's he it, it will intellectually crush. It's incredible to to listen to, and it really is an acquired taste. Because the first time I heard him, everyone's like freaking out about Jordan Peterson. It was the viral interview with him and the feminists, and that one that which went bananas. Oh my gosh, uh, the one from the one from the BBC. Yes, so, yeah. so 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 what you're really saying is <laughs> so so what you're really saying is, and he's like. No, I'm just saying what what I'm saying. She, no, no. So what you're really saying is she kept coming back at this incredible. like like she had some kind of a tick. It was you should crazy. Try that on Rising when you're doing yeah. interviews with Democrats. We, we, you have a lot of Democrats on Rising. You should try that when they're like uh, President Trump's tariffs are not the best for America. You can say, well, what you're really saying is you hate America. You hate America. Yeah, which is well, you're if it's a liberal, if, if it's a liberal, that that goes without saying. By the way, we, we already we already know that. So that's Libs okay. owned. Lips. Lips owned. We got it. We got it covered here. Um, Lips owned. Lips owned. Uh, you know, Benny, weren't you? Now, now I'm gonna put you. <laughs> Lib owned. That's what we'll do for the rest so, of the podcast. So, uh, weren't you? I, I don't even know if you remember this. Although this is the thing that a guy would never forget. I remember this. Weren't you like I the Hills most beautiful fifty under fifty or something like this some years ago? Wasn't uh, this? And weren't you also like in like the hottest guys in media or something uh, from a right wing side? And you know, so I'm just wondering, like, how does how does the missus deal with the fact that basically Benny Johnson is the closest thing that DC conservative media has to a calendar guy, folks? I don't know if you know this, but wow, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's that's amazing. Fifty I, under fifty, you know what I'm talking about? The hills, it. the hills, fifty under fifty thing about like the oh, you know. But you work this, for the this, hill now, and your publication canceled that tradition oh really? they no longer do it they said it's no longer in line with the hills uh, values. Uh, i did not know so that. maybe you could give me insight as to why this publication i've been here for like two weeks dude i don't know anything I didn't, I didn't even know that that was the hills most beautiful i didn't Cancel even it. i didn't know that was canceled what's well, in line with values I, that doesn't make any sense to me yeah. i mean what's what's more valuable than yeah. beautiful people dc dc i find to be a city with neither culture nor style which is interesting because it's also entirely democratic so usually the, the the whole mentality or the whole thought process here, I think, is, you know, the the, the libs own the cities. I mean, mm-hmm. I own the libs, but the libs own the cities, right? The libs are the ones that run. <laughs> the libs are the ones that run the cities. Um, and, and so they bring all these different cultural things and everything else to it. But, you know, D- D- D.C. is uh, it, there's a if you believe in politics as something that is good, I think you convince convince yourself that this place isn't. Uh, a, a soulless amount, a, a soulless, uh, what's the word? A compilation is what I was trying to think of. A soulless compilation of B minus uh, social studies, social like arts majors. <laughs> like that's what I think DC is. You know what I mean? Liberal arts majors. That's yes. what I was thinking of. What's been the it's most B minus liberal arts majors all gathered together in one place with tremendous ambition and very little talent? That's my assessment of DC. <laughs> That's that's amazing. It's uh, it's almost like you describe you just described Twitter, but it's it's well that's true it's, too. It's the same. Uh, you know what's always important on Twitter because you know by the way Ben Benny was always like ahead of the curve with actually understanding 
that social media mattered and and uh, that you know video matters and all this stuff. And back at back in our blaze days, I fought that stuff like mad because I just was like, oh, it's gonna be such a pain in the ass. It's gonna take. And now I'm just, and now everyone's just oh, tweet more, tweet more, tweet more all the time. And I'm, your tweets are great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, your I, well, I, are great. I I try to I try to pick my shots. You know, some people are just like I had this for lunch and I had this for, I had this for dinner and they're just constantly tweeting everything. I try to I try to do some decent stuff, but. Uh, I don't even know. See, again, you, you, I got thrown off my game. I don't even know what I was saying. Your tweets are good. I, you were talking about uh, DC. I wanted to ask you, since moving down here, since moving down here, what is the most, for your listeners, what are the most D, what's the most DC thing that's happened to you so far? Where you're just like, oh my God. Getting milk after 9 p.m. here is like you're asking for open heart surgery, okay? I'm from New York City. This shouldn't be so hard. They don't have delis here. I'm like, is this some weird foreign, you know, uh, why can't you have delis? No, no, no. You either go to a supermarket that's, you know, 50,000 square feet, which closes at 8 p.m., by the way, because apparently D.C. is mostly Amish. I didn't know that either. Everything closes here super <laughs> early, and that's frustrating. So, so it's just when you're used to being able to just like, oh, I'm in a city. I'm going to go get things. Uh, that, is the part of, that is the part of D.C. that... Oh, and also all, seeing all these journalists on the street because you know we're right down the street from the uh, Washington Post and and other places. Seeing lib journalists who look at me and know exactly who I am, and then look down and act like they don't know who I am. Oh, which happens DC move. all the time. Classic DC all the time. Move. All the time. Cla- another classic DC move is uh, you're you're standing there, you're at a party, you're minding your own business, and someone comes up to you before even introducing themselves. Goes, so what do you do? Yeah. Before saying what my what name, my name is, is, yeah. Well, they're trying to assess like what what version of themselves to present to uh, you. So what do you do? Yeah. And you're oh. supp- you're supposed to say, oh, no, I'm a legislative aide for mm-hmm. Congressman. So, but oh, oh, my my favorite DC thing actually, we're gonna get me excited, is people who tell me that they work on a congressional staff for a congressman I've never heard of, and they clearly think that I'm supposed to know who Congressman, you know. Butthead who gives a what is, I have no idea this person is, whatever. They're just like, I'm on Congressman Schmurger's staff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm like, oh, you mean that guy from like the the fighting 12th in Missouri that like no one's heard of before? Like, wait, what are we talking about here? People, you know, you have to think is you have to be a believer or I'm, else you can't I'm handle working, this place. Buck, I'm working really hard on the farm bill, the new appropriations for uh, the farm bill. Have you heard of HR seventy four? Yeah, I know. Can uh, would you consider featuring the congressman on your show? Yeah, the the only the only Hill staffers that I find I find takeable are the ones that uh, are 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 at this point so cynical about the entire thing that even when something goes well, they're still they're like the hostage negotiator that's like they're all gonna die. <laughs> like it doesn't matter, you know? Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're not fighting anymore. Let it all happen. You know, like those are the only ones that I can handle because the ones that like you're bringing up, which is, by the way, the predominant vibe here, which is people are they have to convince themselves that they're accomplishing something other than essentially the uh, the appearance of legislation and the reality of selling access, which is really what's going on here all the time. Um, So, yeah, that's that's the thing that I have. here. And they like each other. That's the dirty little secret is that people there are Democrats who hang out in my group. These people, it's for show. A lot of this is for show. There are very few true believers because once you peel the little curtain back of Washington, D.C., it's about money and access to power. And those things are granted by the Constitution and one party is going to get them and the other party is going to get them. And and people from the DNC email me hilarious stuff all the time. I have a regular line of communication with the DNC 
uh, regular, like we have a lot of, there's a lot of like intermingling between members of Congress on both sides, but the, the, the battle drums are for show. And that's one of the things you definitely realize. Yeah. Although I will say with, with uh, like TV media stuff, if people think that I don't like someone, they are correct. (laughs) 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 Meaning, meaning that like, if I say like that guy's a jackass, when I see him, I'm not like, Hey, buddy, it's been a while. Like, I, I generally just have cold stare, and we stare at each other, and, and you know, so that's not that's not for show. Dude, I, like, once a Fragile week, egos in this business, it's though. It's so true. Yeah, and and when I go to the White House, because I've written some type of scorching story on every person's had, like, a meltdown, like a, a, a Gerber baby-level meltdown, from Peter Alexander, of course, down to Jim Acosta. And you end up writing these funny clips, and you throw them up in the Daily Caller, and everyone likes to click on them and watch them. And they all read those. They all read these. And then they all slide into my DMs really upset. And then when I go to the White House to cover something, which happens uh, once a month, maybe twice a month, I go in for some special event. Yeah. Man, it is like like cat claws. Oh, yeah, these sure. people have such thin skin. It's like it's funny. It's fu- You're in the public eye. You're, you chose the public arena. I've, I've, been, I've been telling everybody that that Jim. I can say this with with complete certainty. Jim Acosta's salary has never been higher. His speaking fee has never been higher, and his prospects for a long term multi million dollar contract extension of whatever he's doing at CNN has never been higher. But he wants to act like, oh, it's so shabby, Jim Acosta. <laughs> like I think he'll be okay. I think it's going to be all right. It's com- just completely ridiculous. I, I, I can I get, try to get you in a little trouble though right now. Okay. Uh, if if there was an all-out brawl between the Daily Caller and the Federalist, but if it was your 10 best against their 10 best, oh, yeah. Sharks and Jet style, because you, know, you guys have a lot more dudes, because it's like a bro-fest over there. It's true. Um, but if, you had, if it was your 10 best versus their 10 best in an all-out fight on the street, who wins? We could maybe say, what about a break battle? How about that? Who wins in a break battle? I mean, listen, man, it would, it would be like Russia invading Crimea. It wouldn't be <laughs> that. It wouldn't even be fair. <laughs> It would not. It would not. It, like Sean Davis, uh, just is so smart on Twitter, but cannot throw a punch. I mean, you look at the guy; he's like a mic stand. <laughs> I got a human being. I, I've told him before; he's my he's my Twitter spirit animal. Yes, because like I feel like there are people that I don't I don't have to like run through with my saber, so to speak. Yes. because Sean's already done it, and I don't want to be that guy that's like I'm also getting in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't want to be the pylon guy. And anytime somebody steps out of line, I'm like countdown to Sean three. To up oh, there it is <laughs> body slam. I'm like, damn. You yeah. know what I'd be most scared about? I mean, like, listen. I think Dominic could definitely throw a punch. I mean, I would be, I would be worried to fight. He's ben. quiet but fierce. He is. He is. Yeah. He is the quietness yeah. that makes him yeah. fierce. I would actually be far more. I would be far more concerned about Hemingway tweeting about me afterwards, uh, because that would actually be true pain. Like, she wouldn't have to land a punch on me. If Hemingway decided, if Molly Hemingway decided to just, like, come at me on Twitter, that would actually be the most dangerous thing. The Federalist versus us on Twitter. Now that, like, who can torch people, the mo- who can dox and drag people the hardest on Twitter, then now you're really talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. We have a lot of verified handles. We have more verified handles than they do. But boy, they have like sniper level oh, yeah. savagery. Oh yeah, no. The they've they've got like they've got like the, the Leonidas and his three hundred of, of conservative Twitter. Correct. Yeah. Correct. They're not messing around. Correct. But we do salt in the wound. One of my favorite Twitter battles was uh was us tweeting for a week straight about how uh, Brian Stelter is a human egg hybrid. 
and how CNN is doing. We just made uh, we just made mashups of him and eggs, and like you, and we would just tweet photos of him or an egg, and you had to choose which one is Brian Stelter and which one is just a, a hard boiled egg. And he looks just stunning. It's very difficult quiz because he looks stunningly like a, a hard boiled egg, and uh, we he kept responding. He kept well, you can do that at the Daily Caller. It's very funny, and he just kept Stelter kept responding probably like eight or nine times. Is it? Is this? Is this the future of journalism? Is, is this really? <laughs> is it, 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 really, Daily Caller? Really? Uh, is this? Is this what you think? The journal, journalists attacking other journalists? Is this really what you're going to do? Is this the level that we're going to stoop down you to should, you should in see, modern journalism? Before you answer the future, you should see him try to read a prompter or conduct an interview where he doesn't have scripted questions, and then you can ask. Because I've seen both about the future of journalism. <laughs> it's amazing that he Correct. has a show. It helps to look like Jeff Zucker. I'm just saying, <laughs> the guy making the decisions. It's good to like look like a close relative. So, nonetheless, <laughs> there there is that. Um, all right, man. I think we've we've caused enough trouble for one for one session. Dude. Here. This has been so much fun. We got to have you come back in the hut again. Where where do people go to find all of your wonderful things? Well, you can go to at Benny Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you can go to Benny Johnson on Facebook, uh, and then you can go to thedailycaller.com. Fantastic video. We do videos. We do articles. We do a lot of fun stuff. All right. Fantastic, everybody. Uh, That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for uh, joining us here. We'll see you same time. Well, whenever the time is we get the podcast up, that is next week. Please do share it with some friends. And remember, it's all in the reflexes.